Hey, it's Matt Bovee from It's Always Game Day in Buffalo. This NFL offseason, we can fit 25 hours in a day, and that's because of podcasts that make you more productive. When you're folding laundry, paying bills, making omelets, or any other tasks that you've got to get done, listen while you work. Do your chores and be entertained all at the same time. It's all about the bills, the news, insight, analysis, and of course, some jokes too, on demand, so it fits into your busy schedule. Follow the It's Always Game Day in Buffalo podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. All right, thanks for downloading, subscribing. It's been a couple weeks since we came at you here, but we're always on iTunes, Spotify, Odyssey app, wherever else you pod, Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. It's always game day in Buffalo. What's the strategy at wide receiver? One year, they went out, and I remember Brandon Bean saying, I got to get Josh some true wide receivers. And they go out and they attack free agency with John Brown and Cole Beasley, 2019. Mm -hmm. And then it was, we got to get him a number one. Because in that 2019 playoff game, Duke Williams was your most targeted guy. And they're like, we can't really have that happen. They trade their first round pick for Stefan Diggs. They have not drafted wide receivers. Gabe Davis is the only one like fourth rounder, the highest drafted one under Brandon Bean. Yeah. He's a nice player. I like Gabe Davis, probably too inconsistent for everybody's liking. And I get that. Um, But I even asked Brandon Bean at the press conference a couple of weeks ago. Do you have a, excuse me, do you have a philosophy against drafting a wide receiver in the first round? And he gave the, well, I, Use the first round pick on Stefan Diggs. Okay, touche. I get it. But what's the strategy here? Is it free agency? Is it a trade? Or go get someone in the first round who, as we know, we don't know how that's going to turn out. Can I rank those three options? Yes, please. Option one, what I think they should do, find somebody who you can add to your team right away in a trade, whether that's Hunter Renfro whether that's let's take money and push it to the side for the sake of the conversation, whether that's Hunter Renfro, whether that's Deandre Hopkins, whether that's Keenan Allen, like all of these guys who are rumored to potentially be available, go find somebody who you think can immediately be the number two target on your team and figure out what it costs. I don't think there's going to be somebody who you're going to spend a first round pick on. So I think in a perfect world, you go spend a second or third round pick to add a guy who can immediately come in and be your number two that makes digs better that makes davis better and it still gives you your first round pick and you can just kind of go do your yeah well ho-hum we're going to draft some offensive linemen and we think we're going to be better offensively so that's for me the most intriguing thing the second option for me is the draft can i interject here for a second i absolutely i love your idea i had an idea that i talked about on the extra point show on wgr that i host with joe dibiase I'm not the guy who normally does this. I just want to say this. I'm not the guy who comes up with trade ideas and say, Oh, trade this guy. I just think it's just weird. It's pie in the sky. It's, you know, it's like playing yeah. game stuff. But I think because of where they are right now with the cap and this player, I would invest, investigate an Ed Oliver trade for a wide receiver. If a team would be willing to do something like that. I don't disagree with that. I think that Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver going into this season, I had really, really high expectations for. And then once Von Miller went out, that there was the one game 
think it was it. It was Thanksgiving. Ed Oliver always balls out on Thanksgiving. <laughs> right. That's right. But but after that, just a little bit of inconsistency. I I think that they're going to explore all their options. I just don't think stuff like that happens in football all the time. Like like a player for player trade or right. it just doesn't happen very often. No, that's right. He's but he is making ten mil on the fifth year option, which is why I think that maybe a team could say, hey, there's a guy that's not working out for us at wide receiver. He's making a decent number. Maybe you could do something like that. Go ahead. What's your number two out of those options? The draft. And I come to the draft with this weird. It's still so early in the process. This isn't believed to be a very strong wide receiver class, at least at the top, but I think that could potentially benefit the bills because I think you're going to probably get, if you stay where you are, the first, the second, the third best wide receiver in this class. If you draft one in the first round, now what you need to figure out is where would those guys have stacked up in last year's draft class? where there were like six or seven guys that were really, really impressive. If they're in the middle of the road, then it's still a good value. And you still probably do that. If they're like, Oh yeah, the best receiver in this class, the dude from TCU is like the eighth or ninth uh, wide receiver off the board last year. Then maybe you're just like, yeah, sorry. Like we're, we're going to wait around till the second round and we're going to see what we find. So I think, you have to see how these guys do for these next couple months. And you have, I just, I haven't started a ton of draft prep or work yet. It's still so early. So I want to see kind of how that all plays out. And then the third thing for me would be free agency, but I just don't see the bills going and throwing big money at the very few names out there that seem like they would be an upgrade for the bills. And, And there's not many of them. There's only a handful of guys who you would be like, Oh Yeah that guy makes the bills better. Everybody else is like, Oh yeah, that's, I, I that's a person. I don't disagree about like, they're not going to go out and spend a lot of money. And I will also tell you, this isn't a great wide receiver for agent class, but no. mostly because we've seen some lately and some high end guys. I will tell you though, the middle of the wide receiver free agent class isn't horrible. I'm gonna throw a few names out at you. Now, actually these are considered some of the top guys, but they're not really top. So you're gonna have to spend more money. So I don't think so, but there are a few names. I like, I like a Jacoby Myers. If you can, you can bring a guy like that. I think that would be a really good guy. How about I could throw a few at you. What do you like? DJ Chark, Miko Hardman, Alan Lazard, Paris Campbell. I mean, these are not horrible players. No, Paris Campbell's an interesting one. I've seen him thrown around a couple of times and I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's somebody because he is still young. I think Paris Campbell's only like 25 years old. Um, DJ charts. DJ Chark is a fun one because I think he's a nice player, but I just want to bring him back. Jameson Crowder. Sorry to interrupt you. I think that that's definitely a possibility because I don't think it's going to cost you very much, especially if you don't ultimately go out and address the specifically slot position. I think you bring back Jamison Carter on a couple million dollar deal. You would feel pretty comfortable going into this next season with him, with Khalil Shakur and with Isaiah McKenzie as your options in the slot. It's not like anybody's an all pro Cole Beasley level from 2020, but still, Guys who you think could be productive. Let's see. You said, I like, I like Jacoby Myers a lot. I think he's a really strong player. I like Alan Lazard, but I think Alan Lazard is probably going to get paid by somebody. I like Juju Smith-Schuster, even though he's a little bit more of kind of the players that you already have than somebody who can just go be a legit outside boundary guy. Um, I'm trying to think of the other people on this list that I'm looking at here. Uh, Sammy Watkins, I think they would uh, not be interested in. <laughs> I don't think well, Sammy Watkins is coming back. Uh, maybe I don't know. I, 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 I didn't think Cole Beasley would come back. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, yeah, it's it's a very lackluster list for 
specifically wide receivers. Um, you know what list is not lackluster is running backs, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> the running back list is very good. It's the it's a very good free agent class class, which actually does impact the Bills because you might be able to get Devin Singletary back for a much cheaper cost because there's not going to be one of the five or six top paid running backs in the free agent class. What What's your interest level bringing him back at maybe, even if you had to pay like, let's say four, four and a half. Are you willing to have like $11 million tied up in Devin Singletary, Naheem Hines, and James Cook? Because that's what you got to figure out. I think the out. thought would be to probably move on from Naeem Hines or restructure him in some way, but probably move on from him, man. I know it just, uh, that would be, uh, I don't know. I personally, I like Devin Singletary, but unless you can, I would say that's kind of be like the ceiling for his contract in which he would be comfortable to pay. I don't think there would be any reason to flip a t- table and be like, I cannot believe the bills brought Devin Singletary back for two years, $8.5 million or something like that. But I, I like Naheem Hines. I-, I am totally comfortable with the bills going Naheem Hines and James cook as their running backs this upcoming season. And then just go, f- go sign a-, a Duke Johnson type guy to be your number three. I don't think the question is if you, like Naeem Hines, I I agree with you. I think the question is, do you like Naeem Hines at his contract number? Let me get that for you real quick. That's that's it's like five. It's like five, five and a half or something. Uh, let me just uh, really pull this up right here. I have it in front of me. Naeem Hines, this next year, his cap number is... See, now I can't pull it up. But that's the question. It's not even... Because, because I think what he gave you, maybe not a bunch of one on offense cap number is next year, 4.7. Okay. Are you okay with that? Uh, it's, it's high, but what are you going to do? Like this, you made your bed. Now you got to lay in it. Like you gave up an asset for him and he's not just a running back. He's a running back and he's your special teams guy, but they also barely use him as a running back. I think that Naheem Hines can be utilized way more in the offense. It was very Great. puzzling to me. The lack of usage he got, I think it was 13 snaps offensively since he got added to the bills on like that's bananas. That's like a half for Christian McCaffrey. I'm not comparing the players. I'm just like, like what? Like use him. You you can hand the ball off to him. I, I don't know. I, the running back one is not something that I'm very concerned with. I think I, one I, of the answers, and one of the answers though, about this offensive issue is something you said earlier. A guy like Khalil Shakir has to be better. Good enough for them to use him and play him. I, yeah. I thought he'd be really good after watching him in preseason. And they just, you talk about Naeem Hines not being used. He, he was inactive sometimes. Like somebody like that has to be a better player next year. That that's a bigger, that's part of the issue you brought up earlier with the, the younger, cheaper labor. Yeah, but I have a t- I, my opinion on that doesn't even really fall on the player. It falls on the coaching staff. And I think that for years, this coaching staff has leaned on veterans more than they should be because they're veterans. I think that Kyrie Elam should have been playing instead of Dane Jackson sooner than it ultimately played out. I think you could say the same thing about a lot of different positions over the years where you're like, why is this guy getting more snaps than insert name here? Even last year, why was Emmanuel Sanders getting significantly more snaps than Gabe Davis? I don't know. It ended up working out because Gabe Davis could kind of be that other secondary option. But I think that's just, 
Now he is same thing. Obviously he's not a draft pick, but like they're very loyal to their guys. Mm-hmm. And there's something commendable about that, but eventually you need to give somebody a chance. Like, like I don't, Khalil Shakir did not do anything to me to make me think like, Oh yeah. Like he's not going to be able to play in this league. Oh no. me I neither. just think that I, 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 I just always wonder, you're right. I, I agree with you. You're right that I put a lot in the coaching staff, but Matt, like if the player gives them a reason to play him, I, I mean, they're not going to not play him. Greg, I mean, Rousseau, it's a rookie. Yeah, but he was a first round pick, but like, okay, here's the counter to that is Isaiah Hodgins. They kept Jake Kumaro instead of Isaiah Hodgins. Looking back at that's the error. And there is the philosophical error of what we have to have the extra guy for special teams because, and and I'll be the first to say like, if you're going to, okay, it's a great discussion. We go back and forth with people on this all the time on Twitter. Right. And no, I'm not just saying, oh my God, everything Brandon Bean does is right. Or the coaching staff is right. I get accused of that. Sometimes I'm not saying that I do want to bring you from their perspective though. Isaiah Hodges would not have been a top two receiver or probably even no. a top three on this team. Correct. Right. So Absolutely. if you're going to keep a receiver as the number five guy, what does he have to do? He has special to play teams. special teams and the guy can't, he got yeah. blown up when he was on the field for kick returns. Yeah. You're people you're right. Reverse counter. Yes. What did Jay Kumaro do on special teams this year? I think he at least was more trustworthy. He's a return man. Yeah, I know. I know. Right? He, I mean, was also, a, he was hurt too. Right, right, right. But, but that's the issue I have. I remember sitting with Brandon Bean during a, um, during a production meeting before a preseason game, we yeah. get to do that on the radio for preseason, not regular season. And this topic came up. This is all about this, this very topic. And Hodges was still on the team and his specific words were, he has to play bigger. Yeah. And he hasn't played big enough. Now, again, I so I don't disagree with that. What I do think they erred in here is maybe having that philosophy of saying, well, that's what he has to do. Maybe the philosophy should be should be different and saying he's still really talented. We have to find a way to keep him on the roster because we're going to need him at some point to play wide receiver. Yeah, really. The only outlier, I mean, Greg Rousseau is an outlier, but he was also a first round pick. So most first round picks are going to get a substantial amount of work. Gabe Davis was a little bit of an outlier his rookie year. He came in and started to contribute yeah. right away. It was his second game. He had that touchdown against Miami, and it was like, okay, like this. And then even the playoffs, the Colts game, he was all over the place. Those are the outliers. Like, we're not going to count Tyler Bass because, you know, you come in to be the kicker. I mean, James or, Cook played a lot at the end of the year. It took him a little James, while. James Cook played a lot at the end of the year. What about I just, what, Dane Jackson played some his rookie year, I think. Didn't he come in like late, later uh, in the season? Uh, I remember right. He came in for because of injuries. Yeah, because of Trey. Yeah. No, yeah. no, it was just, it was 2020. Dane Jackson, this, he's been in the league three years now. No kidding. Really? Yes. This is not year two for Dane Jackson? No. You're sure? Yeah, it might even be. In fact, let me just uh, go back here. Dane Jackson, hold on, was because he is a restricted free agent because he's been in the league three years. Uh, hold on. Uh, Why would Dane have played in 2020? Hold on. Was it 2020? I might be even thinking a, um, here we go. 2020 round seven. There we go. Yep. Who would he have been playing? Seventh round pick. He, if I remember right, Levi, he came in did Levi the, he came in against the Jets that year. Later in the year, he had an interception. His first game, if, if I remember right. Did Levi Wallace get hurt? And I just don't remember it. He might have. 
He was elevated, elevated from the practice squad, reverted back to the practice squad. He finished with three tackles, two pass defense and one interception in his, against the jets. Yep. He was cut. Here, here's the story on Dane Jackson. Um, he was released after his first training camp, re-signed to the practice squad, spent uh-huh. the whole year there, was elevated, never actually made the active roster, signed to a futures contract, and that's why he's only on – he's not on a normal rookie four-year deal. That's why he's a restricted free agent after three years this year because he actually had to sign a new deal, sign a two-year deal, and going into 2021. So that's why he's got a different deal. Yeah, he's going to actually make himself a little bit of money because right. of the early struggles. Exactly, he's right. now going to get paid earlier than he would have a year <laughs> That's so, exactly right. Um, I, yeah, I'm just, I really think that they need to, drafting is not a perfect science. You're going to miss more than you're going to hit. But I think this year they don't have the wiggle room to have the picks like Epinesa, like Basham, like Ford, like some of the other guys they've had early. Zach Moss, where you're like, yeah, not a, not maybe the caliber that we thought they were going to be. They, they need to hit on those guys this year. All right. Before we wrap up here, let's do this real quick. Um, any, wh- who, who's going to win MVP? Is it Mahomes? He's slammed up. Yeah. Yes. That, that's going to happen over the weekend. Who should win coach of the year? Dable. I think. What about you? Um, man. I, yeah, I think Dable should, who are the finalists? It's Dable. I, I know McDermott was listed, but I don't actually think it's he, weird. They said there were five finalists, yeah. but then in the pr- official press release, there were three. I, I don't exactly even understand how that worked. I wouldn't even but, mind. I, I, don't, I mean, Dan Campbell is a nice guy to have in mind here, but it's probably should be Dable. No doubt. He yeah. made it. They won a playoff game even. And I mean, I know the voting's done before the playoffs, but he did a great job. And finally, uh, well, two things. How cool was it? Damar Hamlin winning the NFLPA's highest award. This happened on Wednesday. He was given the Alan Page Community Award because of what his foundation has been able to raise through obviously all of the donations that came in after his incident in Cincinnati where he went through cardiac arrest. Yeah, it's a bad couple of weeks for anybody who thought he was a clone. I think uh, I think those conspiracy theories now can probably be thrown out the window. Oh, I'm sure co- some people still think that, but it was know. just cool. It was just cool to see him again. I know that sounds crazy, but like the last time, I still, I still, I hate it, but I still think back to that game in Cincinnati and just like that moment. And it's hard to get that kind of out of your head. So to see him, you know, in a nice suit with his family, walk up on stage, get the check for a hundred thousand dollars. Like that just makes you feel good. And yeah, it's just, and uh, to see him even at the facility in a very limited capacity at the end was, was cool too. All right. We did not spend any time in the Super Bowl. We probably should have. So let's just give a pick here who you like. Yeah. I think the chiefs win but I would like to see the Eagles win. Hmm. I'm going to go with the Eagles. I just think that their offensive and defensive lines are so good. And with Mahomes is still a little bit banged up. I think that's going to matter. Um, I could see it going either way. I think it's going to be a great game. It's only a one and a half point spread. I think. So, yeah. It's been flip flopping. It was like Kansas city. Then it was Philly. And it was Kansas. It's like going back and forth the whole time. Okay. So I'm going to go, I'll say like Eagles 30 to 27. What do you think for a score? Like roundabout. I'll say Chiefs 27, Eagles 24. All right. I just trust. I very much understand what you're saying. I just trust Patrick Mahomes like a lot. Like, I I don't really think I 
would ever bet against Patrick. Pa- I think the bills could beat the chiefs. Like I think the bills they could did. beat anybody. That's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. They did. They have uh, multiple times. I just, you know, Patrick I've Mahomes seen a is, lot of stuff about the Eagles schedule. They didn't really have, they didn't face a lot of ton of great quarterbacks, which is right. doesn't mean they're not good, but they, they didn't. And this will be a, a really, really big test for them. Also, yeah, go ahead. Not, think I know we're, it's way too early to know anything about what schedules are going to look like or any of that kind of stuff. The bills next year on the road in Philly, on the road in Cincinnati, on the road in Kansas city. Unbelievable. It's going to be an absolute gauntlet of a schedule and then throw a London game in there too. I'm just excited for you to talk to Mike North because I I got a lot of, I got a lot of things I got to figure out with my life next year in the schedule. Yeah. And we'll see if we can get anything from him. All right. um, What are you doing for the Super Bowl? Anything cool? You know, I've had a friend who has a Super Bowl party every single year, and that is how I have spent the Super Bowl basically every single year except the COVID year, and they are in Florida this year. So I'm going to a buddy's house, and I think it's going to be pretty low-key, and we'll probably all bring some food and hang out and make some bets and have a reason to be entertained probably. I'm just not like, you know, I'm not as into it as I have been in years past. Yeah, we don't have much planned. Um, actually, just trying to put something together now. Just like, hey, contact a couple of friends. Like, what are you guys doing? You know, whatever. But I mean, I had a nine year old, and it gets late, so I'm like, I- I'm if I'm going anywhere, I'm staying till halftime probably. What just is the fellows getting some food, whatever? What is your favorite? Take pizza and wings out of it because it's too easy of an answer. What is your favorite Super Bowl food or like favorite food at a Super Bowl party? You're taking pizza and wings out. Yeah, because that's uh, obvious. Like every every party is going to have those. Every party is going to have. I mean, I'm still like a meat guy, like some sort of burger, meat, uh-huh. sausage, something like that. Okay. Uh, you, know, you can't go wrong with a, a good dip, a good chips and dip, you know, just uh-huh. the, right. Yeah. I was going to say gonna like, fill up. I'm going to eat. And I, I need like a good, uh, uh, it doesn't have to be like an actual hamburger with all the bun and everything, but I need some meat. I need hamburger meat. I need, you know, um, you want to give me some pulled pork or something like that. I could do that. I need meat. Yeah. What about those like little hot dog things? You ever have those? Those are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Uh, you mean like wrapped up like a pig's? Yeah, a- like a little pig's in a blanket. Yeah, I mean, I never really. Like, I'm not a deviled eggs guy. No, I'm not a devil. Not a I, like. I'll eat scrambled eggs, but not a big eggs guy. All right. I don't know why. Just something about the yolks creeps me out a bit. We could do chicken tenders too, right? Chicken tenders, I feel like, is cheating because it's so close to being a chicken wing. <laughs> and there are also times when it's easier and more convenient to eat a chicken tender than it is yes. to eat a chicken wing. No, so, you know what I've been doing? I've what? been making these uh these like egg bite things for the morning. You ever go to like one of the like chain restaurants and they've got like the egg bites and yeah. they're like bacon and egg or whatever. So I've been making it. You put them in a muffin pan and you just like crack an egg or you like pour egg whites into it with like some vegetables and like some put it in the oven for 30 minutes. I put them in a Ziploc bag. All I got to do is microwave them in the morning. It's like unbelievably convenient. That's amazing. I'm mad that I didn't find this cheat code during the season because then I was <laughs> well, wasting you know. time that now for next season, I'll have, I'll bring you at the facility next time we're there. All right. A, a egg white and sausage mini muffin bite thing, whatever they're called. Well, we'll have stuff to do quicker than people realize because the NFL offseason just rolls on. The NFL calendar always rolls on. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next time after the Super Bowl. We'll kind of break that down for you a little bit and look ahead to what the Bills are doing the remainder of this offseason. Sal Capaccio, Matt Bove. It's always game day in Buffalo. Thanks for downloading, subscribing, and throw us a nice review and like five stars, okay? Yeah.